Good morning. <laughs> Welcome to Flat Springs Baptist Church. It's so good to see everyone here this morning. Um, happy Mother's Day to all of our mothers. We're so thankful for you and hope that you're having a wonderful day with your family. Um, we do have a special gift that is going to be placed in the back of our sanctuary and in the atrium. And this is for our mothers. Um, and this is in memory of Kelsey Van. Um, her birthday was the 13th. And so um, they just want to give this away to you guys, all the mothers. So if you're a mother, you can pick one of these up, one per family, um, on your way out the door or out the atrium as well. You can do that. So these are available. Um, we want to thank everyone who participated in our church cleanup day yesterday. Um, our facilities are looking really good outside, um, and we're just thankful for the men who came and participated in that. Um, and then also a special word of thanks to our RAs for a job well done um, at the Wicker House, and thanks to Ted Thomas for the use of his backhoe. Um, so thank you, youth, uh, for helping out and um, cleaning up yard stuff. That was good of you guys to do that. Um, if you owe me money, I need it today. <laughs> um, let me tell you if you owe me money. So if you're going to Maple View Farm with us next Sunday, um, that is going to be $5 per person. Um, it'd be great if you could give it to me today, um, but next week for sure I need that. Um, and we will be meeting at church at 145 to go on that trip. Um, the bus will be available for those that would like to ride the bus, or if you'd like to carpool, you can do that as well. Um, it's about an hour drive up to the farm, um, but it will be well worth it. Um, also, t-shirts. If you signed up for a t-shirt for the 410 Project, you would like a t-shirt, please see me today with your money. Um, Sizes up to extra large are $8, and then if you need a 2X or above, it's $10. Um, so if you ordered one of those, please see me today with your money um, because I do need to place that order. Um, and then also our salamanders tickets, uh, we still have our sign-up sheet out on the bulletin board. Uh, that will be wrapping up next week, um, and tickets for that are $10 a person as well. Um, so if you owe me money, come see me, okay? Um, we have been asked to pass along a word. If you plan to visit Judy McNeil at Westfield on Monday through Friday, please do so after 3 p.m. Um, she is getting so many visitors that it is interfering with her PT. Um, and that is a wonderful thing, but we want to make sure that she is getting the, um, the rehab that she needs. And so we have just been asked to pass that word along that if you plan to go, Monday through Friday, please don't pop in there until after 3 o'clock so she can get all of her stuff done that she needs to get done. Um, a few prayer concerns to share with you all this morning as well. Uh, William Ash, the William Ash family, we want to be praying for them. That is Arlene Ash's son who passed away. Um, and then also, Miss Betty Lou Burns had a fall this past week, and they have now called in hospice. Um, so we want to be praying for her as well and her family. Um, would you go to God with me in prayer now? Heavenly Father, we're so grateful to be in your house this morning, Lord. God, we thank you for the sunshine that you've given to us and for the day that we get to celebrate our mothers, God. 
God, I just pray that you be with us now and that you would help us to focus our attention and worship on you. God, we also want to lift up these prayer concerns that we mentioned for the Ash family. We pray that you be with them during this difficult time, God. And I also pray that you be with Betty Lou and her family as well. God, we just lift all these up to you and all those that are on our prayer concerns list. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If I may take a moment of personal privilege here, I want to thank Brent Smith and the um, House and Grounds Committee. What changes have you seen up here on the platform today? Rails to get up here. And it makes it much safer to, to get up and down. And we thank you all for the good work and the safety work. Turn in your hymnals to number 512, O Perfect Love. Let's stand as we sing, please. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for bringing us here on this Sunday morning. We want to remember those on our prayer list, Lord, that need your comfort and your healing and be with them, Lord. 
want to remember the mothers today, what they've done for us and how they raised us to be Christians and to look up to you for your glory. Bless us now and bless these offerings. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
Hymn number 508, Lord, for the gift of children. Okay, can we try that again? Good morning. Good morning. Okay, well, that's what you got. Happy Mother's Day. 
Did you know it was Mother's Day? I hope you know it's Mother's Day. Yeah. Okay. Well, I hope that you guys are being extra nice to your moms today and are treating them well. And hopefully you can spend some time with them. Right? Maybe? I hope so. Okay. So, um, today I get to preach. And so I am talking about Moses and his mother. Have you guys ever heard the story of baby Moses? Yeah, you have? Yeah, okay. Well, when I was little, that was my favorite Bible story. I loved it. And so my parents, they had a devotion book that they would read to me um, before I went to bed, and I would always pick the story of baby Moses. Um, This is not the book that they read to me. Um, That is in Richmond still, and I need to get it from them, but... Um, This book shares the story of um, baby Moses, and I want to share it with you guys this morning, okay? Lila, if you want to see this, sweetheart, you might want to sit down there so you can see the pictures. Would that be good so everybody else can see it too? Would you mind? Thank you. I appreciate it. Okay, it says, Joseph and his brothers had children, and their children had children. God's people began to fill up the land of Egypt. After many years, there was a new king of Egypt who didn't care about Joseph or his people. He didn't want God's people in his land, so he made a bad law. He said, every baby boy from Joseph's family must be thrown into the river. Miriam and her family were part of Joseph's family. Miriam's mother had a baby boy. They all loved him so much. Would Miriam's mother throw the baby into the river? What do you think? No, No, she didn't do that. Miriam watched her mother make a basket. She wove it together tightly to keep the water out. Then she sealed it with sticky tar so it would float. Miriam kept watching. Her mother put her baby in the basket, and then she hid him in the reeds beside the river. Keep watching the basket, said Miriam's mother. Miriam obeyed. What did she see? She saw a princess come to the river and take a bath. Miriam kept watching the basket. The princess heard the baby cry. What did she do? What do you think she did? You said you guys know this story. She opened up the basket and took the baby. She opened up the basket and took the baby. That's right. The princess loved the baby. You will be my boy, she said. The princess named the baby Moses. Then she took Moses home to her beautiful palace. While Miriam was watching, God was watching too. So it says here, who keeps you, who watches you and keeps you safe? God watches over his people just like Miriam watched over Moses. God's people are safe with Jesus just like Moses was safe in the basket. So today we're celebrating mothers and y'all's mothers do a lot for you to keep you safe. A lot of things that you probably don't even know about. And we're so thankful for that. But one of the best things that your mothers do for you is that they bring you here to church so that you can learn about God. That's so important. And so we're so thankful that your moms did that today, that they brought you to church so that you can learn about God and that you can learn about the story of baby Moses because God is always watching over us and protecting us, okay? And we can be thankful for that. Yes. 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 
Yeah, well, we can read a little bit later maybe, but we, we, can, we only have time to read one for right now, okay? Because they like to go home and eat lunch, okay? So we, we just got to keep it a little bit short. But maybe later, or I could let you borrow the book, okay? We'll work it out. All right, let's say a prayer together. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for these children that are here this morning. God, I thank you for their mothers and that they do keep watch over them, God, just like you keep watch over us. God, we thank you that their mothers brought them here this morning. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. reading from Psalms 16. Protect me, O God, because I take refuge in you. I said to the Lord, you are my Lord. Without you, I have nothing good. Those who lead holy lives on earth are the noble ones who fill me with joy. Those who quickly chase after other gods multiply their sorrows. I will not pour out their sacrificial offerings of blood or use my lips to speak their names. The Lord is my inheritance and my cup. You are the one who determines my destiny. Your boundary lines mark out pleasant places for me. Indeed, my inheritance is something beautiful. I will praise the Lord who advises me. My conscience warns me at night. I always keep the Lord in front of me. When he is by my side, I cannot be moved. Would you pray with me? Gracious God, we thank you for adopting us into your family through the miracle of your grace and for calling us to be brothers and sisters to each other. Today, loving God, we pray for our mothers who cared for us when we were helpless, who comforted us when we were hurt, whose love and care we often took for granted. Today, we pray for those who are grieving the loss of their mother, those who have experienced the wonder of an adopted mother's love, the families separated by conflict. Lord, we pray special blessings over each of these we have mentioned. Keep us united with you and with each other so that we can be and become all that we were meant to be. In Jesus' name, amen.
today we're going to be in the book of Exodus, chapter 2, and we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 10. Um, and so if you have your Bibles, I would ask that you go ahead and turn to that chapter, Exodus chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. And if you're able, I'll ask you to stand as a way of honoring the reading of God's word. Now a man from the house of Levi went and took as a wife a Levite woman. The woman conceived and bore a son, and when she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him three months. When she could hide him no longer, she took, him, she took for him a basket made of bulrushes and daubed it with bitumen and pitch. She put the child in it and placed it among the reeds by the riverbank. And his sister stood at a distance to know what would be done to him. Now the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river, while her young women walked beside the river. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her servant woman, and she took it. When she opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the baby was crying. She took pity on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call you a nurse from the Hebrew women to nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. So the girl went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you, good wa give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. When the child grew older, she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses because she said, I drew him out of the water. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, I pray that you be with us now, and I pray that you would speak words through me that this congregation needs to hear. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Today we celebrate our mothers, those who have been like mothers to us, and those mothers who are no longer with us on earth, but are here in spirit. In order to truly embrace what it means to be a mother, I found some insightful stories that glimpse into the wonderful world of motherhood. The first is entitled, Things Moms Would Never Say. How on earth can you see the TV sitting so far back? Yeah, I used to skip school a lot too. Just leave on all the lights. It makes the house look more cheery. Let me smell that shirt. Yeah, it's, it's good for another week. Go ahead and keep that stray dog, honey. I'll be glad to feed and walk him every day. Well, if Raul's mama said it's okay, that's good enough for me. The curfew is just a general time to shoot for. It's not like I'm running a prison around here. I don't have a tissue with me. Just use your sleeve. Don't bother wearing a jacket. The wind chill is bound to improve. And then these, it says, how to know whether or not you are ready to be a mother. Um, the first one is a toy test. And it says, obtain a 55-gallon drum of Legos. Have a friend spread them all over the house. Put on a blindfold and try to walk to the bathroom or kitchen. Do not scream. This could wake a child at night. This one's my favorite. The grocery store test. 
borrow one or two small animals, goats are best, and take them with you as you shop at the grocery store. Always keep them in sight and pay for anything they eat or damage. <laughs> Night test. Prepare by obtaining a small cloth bag and fill it with 8 to 12 pounds of sand. Soak it thoroughly in water. At 8 p.m., begin to waltz and hum with the bag until 9. Lay down your bag and set your alarm for 10. Get up, pick up your bag, and sing every song you have ever heard. Make up about a dozen more and sing these two until 4 a.m. Set an alarm for 5 a.m. <clears throat> Get up and make breakfast. Keep this up for five years and look cheerful. <laughs> and then the final assessment, find a couple who already have a small child Lecture them on how they can improve their discipline, patience, tolerance, toilet training, and child's table manners. Suggest many ways they can improve. Emphasize to them that they should never allow their children to run wild. Enjoy this experience. It will be the last time you will have all the answers. I found these stories to be quite comical, although they are also very accurate. So, while I hope to have brought you a few laughs this morning, I do want to point out that we are all very blessed to have mothers in our lives. I truly do wish for all of our mothers a happy Mother's Day, and I want you all to know that you're truly appreciated for all that you do, both seen and in secret, and although we don't always say it enough, we are grateful for you. I did a little research on the history of Mother's Day because I wasn't exactly sure where the tradition began, and this is what I found out. Mother's Day is a celebration honoring the mother of the family, as well as motherhood, maternal bonds, and the influence of mothers in society. It is celebrated on various days in many parts of the world, most commonly in the months of March, or May. I did not know that Mother's Day was celebrated on different days in other parts of the world, so I learned something new. Um, the modern holiday of Mother's Day was first celebrated in 1908 when Ann Jarvis held a memorial for her mother at St. Andrew's Methodist Church in Grafton, West Virginia. Her campaign to make Mother's Day a recognized holiday in the United States began in 1905, the year her mother, Ann Reeves Jarvis, died. Ann Jarvis had been a peace activist who cared for wounded soldiers on both sides of the American Civil War and created mother's work clubs to address public health issues. Ann Jarvis wanted to honor her mother by continuing the work she started and to set aside a day to honor all mothers because she believed a mother is the person who has done more for you than anyone in the world. In 1908, the U.S. Congress rejected a proposal to make Mother's Day an official holiday, joking that they would also have to proclaim a mother-in-law's day. However, owing to the efforts of Ann Jarvis, by 1911, all U.S. states observed the holiday. With some of them officially recognizing Mother's Day as a local holiday, the first being West Virginia, Jarvis's home state in 1910. In 1914, Woodrow Wilson signed a proclamation designating Mother's Day, held on the second Sunday in May, as a national holiday to honor mothers. Although Jarvis was successful in founding Mother's Day, she became, became resentful of the commercial, commercialization of the holiday. 
By the early 1920s, Hallmark Cards and other companies had started selling Mother's Day cards. Jarvis believed that the companies had misinterpreted and exploited the idea of Mother's Day. And the emphasis of the holiday was on sentiment, not profit. As a result, she organized boycotts of Mother's Day and threatened to issue lawsuits against the companies involved. Jarvis argued that people should appreciate and honor their mother through handwritten letters expressing their love and gratitude instead of buying gifts and pre-made cards. When Gary mentioned to me that I would be preaching today, he is at his granddaughter's church, by the way, in Lexington. She is getting baptized this morning, and so we're very excited that he could be there to celebrate with his family. Um, but when he mentioned to me today that I would be speaking, and I knew it would be this day, I knew I wanted to speak about mothers. And so I immediately started going through stories in the Bible and started to think about all the different mothers that we see in the Bible. So many began to come to my mind, and my, my mind began to wander first to Eve, the first mother that is depicted in the Bible. Then we have Jesus' mother, Mary. She carried and then raised the Son of God. That's pretty, it's a pretty big deal, don't you think? But as I kept going down the list of names and people that I could talk about today, I could not get one out of my mind. Moses' mother. You see, as I told the, the kids during the children's sermon, when I was little, my parents used to read to me from this toddler Bible before bed every night. I had a routine. I could pick two stories because they always knew I was going to pick baby Moses. Um, but then they also made me pick another one because they did want me to learn something. <laughs> um, and so they would read to me the story of baby Moses. And I'm not exactly sure if it was the actual story that struck a chord with me when I was small or the fact that I liked the sound effects that went along with the story that my parents made. Um, in, the, in the toddler Bible that I had, they talked about how baby Moses was sleeping. And so my dad would always say, shh, baby Moses is sleeping. And for some reason, I just love that. And so um, that story has always stood out to me as, as important. And it's always been a favorite of mine. But of course, now that I'm older, I see the story from a, a different perspective. Um, leaving a three-month-old in a basket to float down a river doesn't seem like much of a comforting child's bedtime story. But now when I read this story, I can't help but get chill bumps because of the faithfulness and courage it took for Moses' mother to do what she did. So let me bring you up to speed a little bit on where we are in the book of Exodus. We find our story set in the country of Egypt. The Israelite people that were living in Egypt had become great in number. This frightened the king because he was afraid that a war would break out and if the Israelite people revolted against the Egyptian people, they would win. So they enslaved the Israelite people and tried their best to oppress them. The king of Egypt told the Hebrew midwives to kill all of the Hebrew baby boys, but let the girls live. Again, this was because of the king's fear that the boys could rise up to become strong men and overpower the Egyptian people. Well, thankfully, the midwives couldn't do it. A midwife is there to help a mother and to ensure the safe delivery of her baby. God was kind and protected the midwives for their faithfulness to God's people. So the Israelites still grew great in number. But finally, the Pharaoh gave this order to all the people. 
every Hebrew boy that is born you must throw into the Nile, but let every girl live. That brings us to the story we have set before us today. Moses' parents' names were Jochbed and Amram. I have a really hard time saying that, so just bear with me. They were from the tribe of Levi, which was known to be a priestly tribe. That means that their family was very well off. When Amram was delivered her baby, it was a boy. She tried her best to hide the baby so that he would not be harmed. But finally the time had come where she could no longer hide him. Moses' mother was a smart woman who knew what she was doing. She used papyrus reeds that were found in the swampy areas along the river and used them to weave together a basket. Then to fill the hole, she took pitch, which is like tar, and it made the basket float. This was the same method that the Egyptian river boats were made from. So she knew it would work and would be something that was somewhat camouflaged in um, the reeds because it was similar to what was found on the riverbank. So she prepares this basket the best way she knows how, and then she places her baby boy in it to float downriver. The faith it must have taken for this woman to be able to do this, I cannot imagine. But God had a plan. Not only did the basket float into the area where Pharaoh's daughter would be bathing, but that same daughter had such compassion on this baby boy that she drew him up out of the water and took him in to be raised in her household. But the story gets even better yet. Not only did the baby boy make it to safety, but he was reunited with Amram so that she could be the one to feed him and watch him grow. I believe it is because of her faithfulness to God in this moment of great courage she is able to continue to be a part of the child's life through providing him milk. For me, the story could have ended right here because that act alone represents such strong faith. But of course, we know the story doesn't end here. In fact, that was just the beginning of a great legacy to come. Moses was God's man. And it was ordained long before he was placed in that basket by his mother that he would be the one to deliver his people, the people of God out of the land of slavery, to see God in the burning bush, and to deliver the Ten Commandments to God's people that we still reference to this day. Now, if I were to tell you that this story that is in the Old Testament, which was written thousands of years ago, by people that found themselves in the midst of slavery, oppression, unrest, un and unknown, could speak truth into our lives right here on Mother's Day 2019, what would you say to me? Most of you would probably be like, Taylor, you're crazy. But I want you to imagine with me for a moment, because I can guarantee that if you are a parent or like a parent to someone, you have had or will have your own basket experience. Okay, so we're going to think a little bit abstractly here for a minute, and I want you just to stay with me. But to me, the river in this story represents our lives today. Each and every day we face currents that are sometimes unexpected and change our course of direction in a matter of seconds. We face threats that are going to try to harm us while we're trying to stay afloat like snakes, crocodiles, and other animals you might find in a river. But we also have the enemy 
that is looking to take us out of our baskets and cause us harm. The devil wants us to fail. The devil wants our baskets to leak. He wants us to be captured. I'll never forget my own basket experience, if you will, with my own parents. It was August of 2009, and my parents were dropping me off in Hedgepath Suite 301C at Campbell University. I was 18 years old, and I was leaving the protection of my parents' home for the first time in my life to live with a Yankee from Pennsylvania. <laughs> Sorry if you're from Pennsylvania whom I had just met five minutes earlier. My parents could not go with me, and they could not even watch me from the side of the river as I floated because they were three and a half hours away. But do you know what they did do? They prepared my basket. You see, they began to build it the day I was born, September 9th, 1990, and they weaved the first reed when they dedicated me in our church and promised to raise me in a Christian home. Every year they would add another reed and a little more tar when they chose to bring me to church and to teach me the importance of coming to God's house to worship him every single Sunday. And then they would add a little more when each night before bed they would read with me from the Bible and make me say prayers with them. And still a little more when I was in high school, and each morning my devotion book would be sitting beside my breakfast, and I couldn't turn on the TV until I read it. And a little more still when they encouraged me that I was not finished getting to know God when I made my profession of faith and was baptized at North Run Baptist Church in June of 2001. And finally, a little more still when we stood in suite 301C, and they looked at me with tears in their eyes, and they said, We love you, God's got you, and he will go with you, even though we can't. Mamas, one day you will have to put your child in their basket and let them go. You will get to see them float down the river for a while, but after a certain turn, what happens on that course is between them and God. So what can you do? Exactly what I just said, prepare their basket. With each moment you teach them about God, you're adding a reed to make it stronger. With each Sunday you take the time to come to church, you're teaching them the importance of worshiping God, and you're adding a little more tar. And if you will continue to do so over time, their basket will grow, and you will be confident in knowing that the work you have done to prepare them is enough. And you can drop that basket in the water and let God take care of the rest. Now, I know some of you in here are not mamas, and I want to speak to y'all for a moment, too. This word is for daddies, friends, mother-like figures, role models, Sunday school teachers, deacons, just to name a few. How are you supporting the mamas in this church? If you are a member in the story, there was someone else present along that river, and it was Moses' older sister, Miriam. She was watching out for her baby brother to make sure that that basket got where it needed to go. And not only was she looking out, ready to redirect that basket if she needed to, she was there for moral support and encouragement to her own mother. She provided an opportunity for her mama to continue to bond with her child, even though she had to give him up. 
So maybe this morning you're thinking, well, I've done my duty. I've already put my basket in the river a long time ago. Or I never had a basket to put in the river. Well, my friends, you can still be an encourager. You can be a supporter. You can be that person along the edge of someone else's riverbank that is quietly cheering them on, all the while waiting to make sure that if they need you to step in, you step in. Your encouragement and support is key to a mama's success because as we can see, even Amram didn't do it alone. So after sharing all of this with you today, I have to say that Moses' mama will probably forever be my favorite mama in the Bible. Her name is not even mentioned in the text. I had to look it up um, in a commentary. But the faith that she exhibits in the action she takes of placing her baby boy in that river changes history forever. So my question to you today is how is your basket weaving skills? Are you adding tar and reeds to your baby's basket as if their life depended on it? Are you sharing God's truth with them on a daily basis, reinforcing that basket with, so that nothing can get through? And church family, how are your cheerleading skills? Are you standing there encouraging our mothers and letting them know that you've got their backs should they ever need someone to step in? As we saw earlier in the story shared from real life mothering experiences, it isn't easy. But that river of life isn't getting any smoother either. So how will you build your basket this week? How will you encourage one another to stay the course? And how will you choose to stay faithful to God, even in the midst of situations that may seem impossible without him? God is faithful. How about you? Would you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, we thank you for the faithful example we find in sweet baby Moses and his mother. We thank you for our own mothers that seek to encourage and provide for us every single day so that we can re remain afloat in this river that we call life. God, I pray that you would encourage our mothers today, help them to feel your presence with them each day, giving them strength to be the mothers that you call them to be. And God, I pray that you would help us as a church body to support our mothers. Help us to be their biggest cheerleaders and the strongest hand of support in times of need. Help us not to overlook their needs in the busyness of our own everyday life, but to see each other through your eyes. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. We're now entering in a time of... Um, <laughs> invitation, sorry, not a moment. Um, we're now entering into a time of invitation. And so if you feel like something is stirring in your heart and you want to just come down here and, and talk to God, or if you want to talk to God in your seat, I invite you to do that. Um, if you feel like God is calling you to make a decision um, to live your life for him, I invite you to come forward as well. However God is calling you today, I pray that, that you would respond and that you would respond now. Our hymn of invitation is going to be 591.
thank you for being here today. Happy Mother's Day once again. Uh, mothers, I hope that you feel celebrated and loved today. Know that you are appreciated. Um, please don't forget, if you owe me money, come find me, okay? I've got work to do. <laughs> um, also, please remember there is no youth group tonight. Um, youth, I hope you'll spend time with your moms and enjoy that time with them. Um, but there will be no youth group tonight. Would you pray with me now? Heavenly Father, what a joyful time we have experienced together in worship today. God, I just pray that you be with us now as, as we go out into the world and as we go out into the river. God, I just pray that you would help us as we build our baskets. Help us to be, to be encouragers to one another. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. 